taken from the 22nd chapter of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No. There will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy him, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Here ends the gospel. Praise to you, o Christ. Please be seated. What kind of questions do you have when you hear that text? What, what kind of questions does that spark in your mind? What do you hear? What do you wonder about when you hear that? That's not nice, is it? What other questions? Where's the grace in this text? That's that's a good one. Are we ready? Ready for what? Yeah, there's a lot of questions here. Grace and peace to you from our Father in heaven and our Lord Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. We're going to get to some of those questions. Uh, my sister Erin, my dear sister Erin, some of you have met her. She loves hiking, and this is a new thing for her. About two years ago, after never having hiked in her life, she decided she would go hike the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah, this is a big deal. There, there's, it's about 200 people that attempt the full PCT uh, each season. Uh, most usually start at the Mexican border in April and end on the Canadian border in September. She wasn't going to do all that. She was going to just start with the Oregon portion of the trail. So she was hiking the Oregon Trail. Thank you. So Erin went and visited her friends in Colorado who had done a bit of the trail themselves, and they did some practice hikes, and she gave her notice at work. She sold all of her belongings. She found a place for her cat to stay and headed out to the West Coast for a month of hiking. <coughs> She seemingly had everything she needed. She prepared all the right gear, the lightweight backpack, the tent, the sleeping bag, survival knife, matches, those walkie stick things. You need those. Uh, she had all the stuff. I don't know. Everything you need for such a trip. And she knew that this time of the year there may be fires in the area, but it happened to be a particularly bad year for wildfires. This meant she had to trek around the fires, taking alternate routes, 
hitching a ride even here and there to get around the blazes and get back to the trail. It wasn't how she expected things to go, but she had to deal with the unexpected. And it was a life-changing experience for her. I know she's already planning a return trip, but the truth is she didn't have everything she needed. She was certainly not self-sufficient. She came straight from her trip to Las Vegas to do laundry, I'm sure. And she shared the stories about the little rest stops along the trail. Those who go share uh, stories about trail magic. And they say the trail provides. And she told us about all the trail angels who show up along the way with supplies, snacks, and beers for worn out hikers. Some even have found foot doctors and dentists to provide services for no fees. Without the trail angels, Aaron and others might have found themselves stranded, lost, or without needed supplies. Sharing is a good thing. Most of us have found ourselves without everything we need at some point in time. So we might relate a little bit more to the young women in this gospel reading who didn't bring enough oil to wait for the arrival of the bridegroom. But it's a strange story and a bit out of context for 21st century Las Vegas, a city that never lacks for light. In first century Palestine, this was the custom. The whole town would accompany the wedding party to the home of the groom. Now, the wedding ceremony, as we know it, was very different. It was not a big deal standing up and exchanging vows with music and all the guests. But the party was the thing. That was where you wanted to be. The banquet that followed would go on for weeks or days at least. It was a tradition to stay awake and wait for the bridegroom to come and show up. It was kind of a contest and a bonus if you could catch the bridal party sleeping. So they would send someone out in the street to say, wake up, he's coming. Here comes the bridegroom. This was the thing. And staying awake was the name of the game. So we have a lot of questions when we hear this strange parable of Jesus, like, why didn't the five women bring enough oil? Well, they were foolish. We get that much. Where could they buy more in the middle of the night? Where would they go? Couldn't they have shared the lamps with the other five? Might they have just stayed close and huddled under those lamps that were lit? Isn't this a missed opportunity for some trail angels to show up with some oil? Seems like a good idea. But the five were foolish to leave. Since it was at that moment the bridegroom showed up, they missed out. And they're off gallivanting around town looking for oil, not focused on the main thing. It's not about the lamps. It's not about the oil. It's about the bridegroom. Jesus seems to share this parable to remind hearers the kingdom of God is near, is truly present in the living word right there with them. They should be paying attention. Be vigilant. Be staying awake. But it says, even in the parable, they all fell asleep. And even in our own time and place, we are often the foolish ones. We get distracted so easily. Lulled to sleep by our comfortable ways of life. We think we have everything we need. We think we're prepared, so we get complacent. We think we've got it all or not enough, so we don't have to worry about feeding those who are hungry. We trust in American exceptionalism. We think we're special. And those in other nations are just left to fend for themselves. we got things to do and places to be, so we don't have time to share a word of hope with someone in despair, to listen 
to someone who's afraid to be present with somebody facing mental illness. We've got oils for all occasions. Neighbors better get their own. We don't worry about our lamps going out, but the truth is we're already asleep, resting on our abundance. Our focus is pulled from the main thing we don't want to miss, the good news of Jesus. Now, I'm not in the clear. Please don't think that I'm not in the same boat. I'm just as focused on my calendar and trying to be in 20 places at once. I forget others. I fail to show up when needed. I am often unprepared. But there is grace here. Jesus gives this parable to wake us up to the reality that the bridegroom will come, has come, in the Son of God, Jesus. He is the one who has freed us from our complacency, awakened us to life, and is calling us through the word to a living faith that trusts in God's grace and mercy in Jesus. And because of Jesus, we have what we need. Because of the gospel, we have received the invitation to the banquet, and the worst of us miserable sinners are seated in the VIP section. There's an urgency here. As Jesus is moving toward Jerusalem, toward the cross, Jesus says, stay focused. Stay awake. Live in faith. The good news is the main thing. We are saved from our selfishness, our failures, our mistakes through the cross. The place where Jesus suffered and died is where you can go and find your own sins. Trusting in this promise is life-changing. It means my life is assured. I'm freed of not having to wonder if God's love is for me. I'm freed from worrying or even thinking about what happens when I die. I take comfort in the word of God. It tells me that I'm free to go and make disciples, to share what I have, to serve, to share this word with my children, my neighbors, to study the Bible and discuss these things in a coffee shop, in a bar, in the parking lot, in the fine barbecue establishments of Las Vegas. And sometimes I forget. I'm running through the world, through my day, and I don't have time, or I'm thinking of something else, or I'm late for an appointment, and I miss the cues. Struggle with my own situation, or plain just don't want to talk to people about life and salvation and Jesus Christ. That's bad, right? I should be doing that. It's my job, right? I have to confess that. I got business cards. I can just, just do that. Right? I should be prepared and have everything I need at all times. I got to take that to God and trust that I'm where I need to be and doing what I need to do. Today we get a chance to welcome our neighbors here for a meal. And my prayer is that we will all stay awake and take advantage of the opportunity to meet some folks who maybe heard about this place. Maybe they've been here for a meeting. Maybe they've walked or driven by this building for years, even decades. And I pray that you'll get a chance to talk to someone today and get to know them just a little bit. And if they ask why we're doing this, why are you all standing out here? You get to tell them that we love this community. You could tell them that we just wanted to have a party. You can tell them that Jesus calls us to feed hungry people, and that's the reason we're doing this. You don't have to tell them anything. Your presence tells them that there's a reason we're here. But today's not about the food. It's not about the music. It's not about the bounce house, just like it's not about the oil in the lamp. It's not about the meat, which will be wonderful. 
It's not about what we do, but it's about the main thing. It's about the gospel. And each one of us, everyone who shows up here today, and each one that doesn't, is known and loved by a creator who came into time and history to take on the pain and suffering of the world and bring about new creation. Jesus came, died, and rose again to new life for you. This is the main thing, and it is life-changing. Amen.